Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as yours, This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> you know what I really enjoy, Stephen? What's that? I enjoy when on the Major Spoilers podcast, Weekend Type Edition, we get shout-outs for lovely people who listen to our show and shout feel outs? that they can kick in. Why would we give anyone shout a shout-out? Like, like William Wolf, not to be confused with uh, corpulent detective Nero Wolf, and Michael Neeson, Nielsen, whose ratings are famous, especially to Rodrigo. And this one goes out to them. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. I've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. Podcast. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Break it down! Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us today. It's the best day ever! Yay! Apparently, for somebody. Best day ever! First of all, I apologize for some of my grammatical errors, writes this person. I'm not a well-written man. He's a man, however. However, I've enjoyed your podcast and find you guys well-informed. <laughs> I've been buying comics since the mid-80s. I'm not a well-written man. My name is Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not any kind of man. I have been buying comics yeah, since the mid-80s, and, I'm, and I am a numbers guy at heart and have questions about the industry as a whole. In the early to mid-90s, it was common for millions selling comic books due to the speculation boom, while at the same time, primary media comics... Oh, at the same time, primary media comic properties were terrible, and most of the time were failures. For example, movies were average to poor. Superman 4, most of the Batman films, Punisher, Fantastic Four, uh, the unreleased version, as some of the primary, or some of the primary offenders. Television was awful. We had the Flash television show, Generation X, some of the other offshoot crap I can't even remember. Even the cartoons were underwhelming. Now, the comic industry is the least profitable side of the, of the properties, with most of the books selling well under 100,000 copies. However, movies, television, and video games have reached a point where, in some respects, they drive their various industries. Doesn't this current trend go against almost any business model? And does this mean that the hobby I love is about to explode or implode? Thank you, David mm. from Lubbock, Texas. All right, David, a couple of things, if you're a numbers guy. First of all... A single-issue comic hasn't sold in the millions since about the 1960s. I think the last comic that sold a million was like Uncle Scrooge number 60 or something like that. Right. And that was international. No, that was in the U.S. That was in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, let's find a copy of that. Well, it sold in the millions, so I'm sure oh, there's yeah. going to be Let's not find to, a copy of that. Yeah, I'm sure you can find eat that just, you know, it's littering the, the, the bird cages of America. <laughs> all, over, all over Beijing. There's just like tons <laughs> of it all over the place. 
Uh, in the last, I don't know, 10 years, comics, the, the number one direct market edition selling has sold anywhere from about maybe 300000 down to currently – we're lucky to hit a hundred thousand dollars for the top se- or hundred thousand issues sold mm-hmm. for the top selling uh, one. Um, in regards to the nineties, certainly the speculation m- market uh, had a play in the industry and did almost cause companies like Marvel to almost go out of business. Mm-hmm. Certainly, we wouldn't have the variant cover boom uh, if it wasn't for the nineties and companies like Marvel and Image, Image especially, uh, trying to pump out as many different copies as they could in order to. Sell an issue. Heck, Gen 13 at one point had 13 different covers to the story. Matthew, in regards to the rest of his email, in the 90s, it was common for for millions selling comic books. At the same time, primary media like Batman, Superman 4, The Punisher, the uh, unreleased Fantastic Four movies were terrible. The Flash TV show was terrible. Generation X was terrible. I will throw one thing in. The the Batman movies were... Uh, regardless of what you think of them, were financial successes. They were definitely at least and the first two. They were two. quite good yeah. uh, and, up until uh, yes. up until the and Batman the and Flash Robin TV series was actually critically quite uh, quite well heralded. It was not a terrible, terrible failure. Right? No, he's just saying they were crap. Which right. I don't which, think uh, they were. You know, necessarily op- crap. opinion. You know, that's a matter of opinion. Right. Sure, sure. I, I think okay. actually. Well, here's what I want to address. Oh, go ahead. I think Rodrigo should go first because my thing is going to be last and it'll be super awesome and blow your mind. Okay, that that works. I'm I'm good. Blow my I'm mind, Rodrigo. Just, I'm, no, no, no. I'll just set your mind up to be blown by Matthew. Okay. Um, <laughs> um I, I think you can you can tell what it's like the bus station on the weekend. Yes, you can tell what <laughs> <laughs> what a success uh, the Tim Burton Batman movies were because they are still making them and trying to shoehorn every other superhero into them. Right, like Batman is the only has been like the only solidly successful superhero formula since the eighties. That's changed now with you know the the new Marvel renaissance of mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. but. 89 Batman is is yeah, the thing. It, I mean, yep, it's the benchmark. You had the 76 Superman, I, I will always the 89 hold, Batman. I will always hold that uh, Superman in the 70s was a fluke. Total yeah. fluke. Yeah, it was. That it, that it actually worked. Like, people had so much good faith about Superman, mm-hmm. and there were enough, like, wacky new effects to it right. that it just, it just coasted on that. Yeah. But after that, there were no other superhero movies that were any good. You know, it's interesting. The 89 Batman was such a phenomenon. It came out of... Out of nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of hype and everything to it, but that movie made so much money in the box office, and then, oh, unheard yeah. of at the day, within 90 days of that movie being in the theater, it was out on VHS. Wow. Totally, yes. totally angered the um, the the movie theater chains at the time, because they're like, how dare you? How are we going to get more money off of this film? You guys were making money hand over fist all summer long, mm-hmm. and 90 days later, put it out onto VHS, it became the top-selling and it was also the first movie that they sold for, you know, the twenty, uh, the twenty bucks, the nineteen ninety nine. It was right. one of the first movies to do that. Yeah. Sold hand over and fist because they launched still it. Went in, to see it in the theater. They did. They mm-hmm. did. It came out in I think in October or something, and it was the big seller all the way through the through the holiday. So yeah. it it made a lot of money. So Matthew, what are yeah. your in regards to this? What were you going to say? Well, let's take a look at a couple of. I don't want to say misapprehensions, but a couple of assumptions in this letter. A, 
Let's talk about, I think what he's referring to is the theory that X-Men number one sold millions and millions of copies, which by some standards it did. I'm showing like, well, there were six covers for one thing, but about 8 million total copies sold to the retailers in the direct market. Okay. The direct market sales are taken as the sales. That does not mean that 8 million copies of X-Men number one made it into the hands of fans, because I can guarantee you, I work for a very small store. Um, in television terms, we're market 138. We Yay. are not a big store. We certainly weren't a big store in 1991. And I know for a fact that there are at least 400 copies, or at the time that I started working at the Gatekeeper in 1998, there were at least 400 copies cased and boxed in our basement of X-Men number one in various permutations. Several of those boxes stayed in the basement when we moved to our new facility. Nice. For the last five years at Free Comic Book Day, one of the free comic book day takeaways was X-Men number one from 1991. That book sold to retailers based on expectations and speculator belief that you're going to, to sell it. A gentleman came in and literally brought me a long box of X-Men number ones and a long box of adjectiveless Spider-Man number ones, silver cover, platinum cover, gold cover, green cover, green cover with a Spider-Man, green cover with a UPC, a $2 Walmart variant cover with a Spider-Man UPC bubble, but it also was tapped in a poly bag. When you talk about these sales, we're talking about multiple variants, first of all, and we're not talking about sales to the actual reader. So, right now, yes, the comic book industry is selling fewer copies than ever before in its history. But they're not making their money on the comics. They're Ooh. making their money on the trade paperbacks, on the licensing, the action figures, the movies, the toys, the funny hats. This is why Marvel is, has become primarily a movie house with comics that drive interest and comic book characters who change to fit the permutations of the movies that you're going to see. The Avengers initiative thing going on right now in the Avengers, the new Avengers comic book, should be enough interest to let you know that the comics exist as ancillary properties to support the things that actually make the money. Well, Is that a bad thing? Well, that's kind of going to what the his Franklin question Mint is. makes millions of dollars on plates to hang on the walls. So I think the main question is, and honestly, I, I will state first that I don't believe that the comic books are ever going to go away. I think that people think of comic books as being like vinyl and the trade paperbacks as being a CD. But I don't think that the monthly pamphlet type comic books are ever going to completely go away, even if they're just a vanity piece. But I think that in some ways, if you have, say, well, let's look at The Flash as an example. The Flash's comic sold considerably more in 1991, and they had the TV show that some people believe is crap. The TV show, even as a bad TV show with low viewing, probably had more eyes than the best-selling issue of Flash in the 1990s. Yeah, that's correct. And that, you know, that Batman movie, Batman and Friends with what kills the dinosaurs and Alicia Silverstone dancing around and having to take off her mask because it hurt her ears. Well, you know, like the three-year-old with 3D glasses. Mm. All of the things in that movie that were wrong, that movie still had more money 
more viewers and probably more actual talk about it in terms of water cooler buzz, positive or negative, than any issue of Batman in the last 15 years. Well, here's the here's the here's what he's getting to in his in his uh, question. Now, comic books don't sell well, but all the other merchandising movies and everything really does. Doesn't that trend go against almost any business model? No, it's actually what the business model is. The business model isn't we're in the yeah. business to sell comic books. The business model is we are in the business to make money off of these properties mm-hmm. in whatever way they can. So you will never see a day. Well, you might, depending on how this lawsuit goes. You will always have a Superman. You're always going to have a Batman, a Spider-Man, a Flash, a Fantastic Four, a Green Lantern, a Captain America, a Luke Cage, a uh, uh, um, Turnip whoever, Man. Turnip, Turnip Man. Man. Kablamicus, they're always going to exist. Why? Because if they want to make money, they have to do something with that property. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that will kind of that does kind of play into this from a legal standpoint, at least from what I understand, is many of these characters have to be published in order to maintain the copyright on those characters. Yep. Um, very much like the movies. The only reason why Sony is in such a rush to reboot the Spider-Man franchise is because if they didn't prove that they were actively engaging in making a new movie, Sony would have lost the rights to Spider-Man and that would have reverted back to Marvel, which would have been now under the Marvel Studios banner instead of under the Columbia Pictures Sony banner. Um, so a lot of this is legal legal wrangling of who owns the copyright on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Matthew's right. I don't think that you're ever going to see the comic books go away per se, and there's, we'll be talking about this uh, uh, tweak in just a moment, uh, because a lot of times they need to keep those characters in print to maintain that copyright and to mm-hmm. ma- maintain the trademark and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and to make these movies, which are really the profit side. If it wasn't for Marvel coming uh, around with the movies, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the Spider-Man, if it wasn't for the Fantastic Four, uh, the released version, not the, uh, right. uh, what's his name? Who did that? Unreleased Roger Corman. Roger Corman. Yeah, the Roger Corman version. If it hadn't been for that, even if it hadn't been for the two Hulks, with the first Hulk that wasn't that good, um, Marvel would not have been financially stable for Disney to go, hey, you know what? Why Mm -hmm. should we let them make all that money? Let's buy them for billions of dollars and let us make more money. The only reason Disney bought Marvel is not because they're a comic book publisher. It's because of the... Boy market. The 6,000 plus characters that Marvel has in its vault Mm -hmm. that it can market and it can mine and it can make something. That's why we're getting movies based on Ant-Man. That's why we're getting Avengers movies. That's why we're all all the rage about Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. That's why we've got more Ghost Rider movies coming out. That is why we have have the superhero squad. That's why we have the superhero squad. And, and here's the thing. You talk about this business model is like, isn't this counterintuitive? Isn't this a weird business model? It's not because you can take it one step further and say, you know, it's like uh, they're just using these properties to sell movies. It's like, well, they just use movies to sell popcorn. They use movies to sell toys. Exactly. They like, use toys to sell diapers. And exactly. Kids exactly. are constantly wetting themselves over how cool these action figures oh are. Oh my God. <laughs> if you put Thor's hammer and in his hand, what? it when glows, we... which it never actually does in the comics or movie. I'm so happy. <laughs> this was if a conversation I had with somebody who this... was 23. <laughs> nice. How is Rob, by the way? <laughs> um, if you look. 
if you look at this whole situation and you say to yourself, self, and yourself says what? And you say, self, how does this benefit me? Well, ask yourself this. If you, fat man in the Midwest, want hey. to read comics every month, as as I do, you're not in the Midwest. You're in <laughs> western Kansas. Yeah, we're in limbo. That's practically the Southwest. In any yep. case, if yep. I want to continue reading oh. comic books, what better way to guarantee that those comic books are still going to be around than hooking kids early on a big, punchy Spider-Man movie or Superhero Squad? A couple of years ago, when The Brave and the Bold debuted, Someone actually said on our forums, is this really what we want to see from our Batman? To which my response is, hell yes, we do, because it's aimed at the young market. It's trying to get those young kids, the first ones free, trying to hook those young kids into knowing that comics exist, that the comic characters exist. Yeah. And making those characters beloved to where the idea of Superman getting canceled, as some people say almost happened in 1978 become something that we think of as absolutely unthinkable. You know, when we look at things like the X-Men went away for nine and a half years because the sales just weren't there. And now you say, wow, I kind of wish that would happen again because we're all bitter <laughs> bastards. Hey, you know what? You're absolutely right, you Matthew, know, it, because the day that my son was born, the first boy, I sat down with him and opened up the show. The day he was born, opened up Showcase, uh, the Showcase uh collected edition with the flash mm -hmm. kid was not interested at all right not at all the day he was born right, in right. the flash comic was not interested in that silver age stuff and Are so you sure? i took that he as a may sign. have been but just didn't have any control as to wh what direction his face was <laughs> his head was yeah. facing every time i tried to show him a picture of the flash he'd crap himself. <laughs> you know and so i took that as a sign as he really was not interested you know, yeah, that's it's... the same thing you did in college when I tried to show you pictures of the Flash. And then you'd vomit out the no. side of the car. It was actually you were showing me pictures of you flashing people that caused me to throw up. Right. No, but here's the thing. I didn't push, as he grew up, I didn't push the comic books, mm -hmm. right? Didn't sure. push the comic books at all. Yet, as we would flip around to TV shows, I'd say, oh, look, Mason, there's Spider-Man cartoon. Or look, there is such and such a cartoon. Or he would see the toys that I had and would ask who these people were. Mm -hmm. And some of them are very playful. You know, the super friends that there's, I think it's Hasbro. I forget who it is. These bulky oversized yeah. characters that are aimed at three-year-olds or whatever. And he would see that. And, well, that was and the, he would, that is a superhero squad, isn't it? No, that's oh, okay. uh, that's the Marvel. This is the DC is line. Oh, okay. um, but he would see the posters on my wall and he would start to associate, hey, that's Batman on daddy's wall. That is the Batman toy. Can mm -hmm. I play? And so he's gotten into comic books through the merchandising and the television side. He is dead set on getting himself a Captain America uh, throwing shield, mm -hmm. and he only knows Captain America from Superhero Squad and from um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm -hmm. That's it. Doesn't know anything else about Captain America. I'm not going to sit down and have him read a Captain America comic book at three years old. Are you going to show him those like ancient Captain America cartoons where nothing <laughs> where moves punching. except his mouth? Yes, no. Uh, you know, he made that brilliant when deduction a couple of weeks ago. He made that brilliant deduction of a couple of weeks ago about Thor versus Aquaman. Mm -hmm. That is all not me telling him anything. That quite honestly is not me telling him anything about Thor or Aquaman. That's what he's picked up from watching Batman, the Brave and the Bold and the Avengers and Superhero Squad. And he put that together himself as a three year old. When we go to the comic book store, he's not really interested in comic books. Mm -hmm. Right. 
He knows who all the characters are. He wants the action figures. He wants the t-shirts. Sure. He loves his Green Lantern shirt. He loves his Green yeah. Lantern mask. He doesn't care about any of that other stuff. And I'm sure DC, while they would be very happy to sell him a Green Lantern comic book, I bet they're more happy selling him a cheap plastic piece of crap that he wears on his face mm-hmm. for nineteen ninety five as opposed to a two ninety nine three dollar comic book. Po- comic book. Right. Right? Yep. So is it a bad business this model? Kind no, of I don't think so. Right. Exactly. The other thing, this is diversification of the properties. Right. The other thing that's really fascinating is, and we've had this discussion multiple times, especially when we were talking about the ultimate universe. How do we bring in or how do not we, not me, you. I mean, we brought I can't I can't tell you the number of letters that I keep getting from people mm-hmm. every day that says, if it wasn't for you guys, I would never have gotten into Atomic Robo. If it wasn't for you guys, I would never have gotten into Lock and Key. If it wasn't for you guys, I would never have gotten into XYZ comics. Whatever it may be, right? So we do have a little part in Asian it. tentacle porn. But how does You the, can't blame us for that? How do how does DC Dark Horse Marvel image Oni Press, Red 5 Comics, how do all of these people attract new readers? Mm -hmm. And again, you have to go where the readers are at. Right. Right? And so we were joking around with it in the Wednesday show, but there was a huge piece of news that came out this week in regards to what happens after DC's Flashpoint. Mm -hmm. It's been announced by Jeff Johns and um, Jim Lee that... There will only be two comics. Originally, they said one comic, although some people are like, well, there you go, going back on your word. They actually kind of left it open about the second comic. There are two comics coming out August 31st. Flashpoint number five, which is the final issue of Flashpoint, and Justice League number one. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a renumbering of the Justice League series. Oh, no, no, no. They are renumbering the entire superhero DC line. Superman's getting a new number one, Batman, I'm sure Detective Comics, whatever, are all getting number ones, all reimaginings. There will be 52 new number ones that come out in uh, between September and the end of the year or whatever, uh, featuring characters that are familiar, but are somehow now edgier and more interesting to a target market. Not Matthew, not me, probably not. Maybe not Rodrigo even, but to a new target market. Not only that, not only they are... Some of the uh, effects from Flashpoint might even stick around for a long time mm-hmm. as these number ones and new series continue to roll out. Not only that, DC Comics made a huge announcement that went along with this that said, not only are we releasing a whole new, basically a reboot of the, not really a reboot, but relaunching all of their titles as new number ones. Uh, not only that, but we're re- releasing all of our comics, superhero comics, day and date digitally. Now, they've been doing that now with Generation Lost. Right. Uh, they've been doing it with a couple of their other um, titles that every Wednesday I can fire up my iPad and download them from Comixology. The entire DC superhero line, not Vertigo, right? Okay, uh, day and date release. This is freaking huge mm-hmm. because now they're saying we recognize that digital comics is a is a potential viable way of making money off of comics and getting those comics into other readers' hands, and we're making that commitment. And I think this is huge because, again, my son could care less for the paper comic. He'll flip through them and he'll read them and he'll look at them, but he's not always, here, let's read this again, let's read this again. What's he doing? Whipping out the iPad and saying, let's watch Superhero Squad again. Let's do this. Let's do this. Those kids that have the disposable income, those kids that can afford the iPads or the iPhones or the mobile devices, 
uh, or the digital devices that allow for digital comics to be read, now suddenly might be more interested in mm-hmm. reading about Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman and her shiny pants or non-shiny pants. And and if they're interested, when they go in, what do they find? This new stuff, this new package that DC has tailored mm-hmm. to that specifically. Yeah. yeah. But not only this. Now, this is the thing that I think would, you know, probably cause people like Matthew a lot of concern. Oh, my gosh. DC is going completely digital. They are abandoning abandoning Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, Huntoon and Gage, Topeka. No, they're not. They're actually creating things that will drive, that should drive, that may drive Mm -hmm. people to... It's the plan anyway. Yeah, people to the brick and mortar. It's not saying, hey, we're abandoning the Matthew Petersons or the Rodrigo Lopez's of the world who do not have iPads. We're not going to leave them high and dry. They can still go to their Hastings. They can still go to their Gatekeeper. They can still go to their Prairie Dog Comics and get the hard physical copies. We're just now marketing our content to a new group of people, very much like if we were to create a new television show or if we were to market major spoilers to a whole new group of people by creating a podcast about playing Dungeons and Dragons. What does that how That's you mean crazy. you guys are going to do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast and abandon major spoilers? No, we're doing both. And guess what? We're getting people That's from critical talk. hit, critical hit coming into the major spoilers. Mm-hmm. I think this is fantastic. And, and again, I'm being one of those people, you know, hi, I'm Steven, I have an iPad. I've been pushing for digital day and date releases for all titles since the beginning. I think this is wonderful news. I'm not so sure about the number one renumbering, but this is just another way of marketing a product. Rodrigo, what are your thoughts on the relaunching of all their titles with new number one, some new characters, some old characters, 50 new costumes, by the way, Nice in this, in this relaunch. Well, 50 quote-unquote new costumes, I mean... yes. Superman, if, if this if this image that we see here is uh, on major spoilers, is any indication, then uh, Superman's symbol is a little bit more jaggedy, but it's largely the same right, right, costume. Right, I right. mean, it's the, the same thing as Wonder Woman wearing have pants. Trunks. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. They that is a big have deal. Taken the trunks out. Well, and and Wonder Woman has a lot more silver to her costume as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but notice there's well, no Batman. That makes sense. I'll I'll I, I have noticed okay. that. Go ahead. It'll be Batman. Um. <laughs> of course, it'll be Batman. Um, he's got a movie coming out. I think that it, put it, making it in conjunction with the day and date release thing definitely makes it a, a much stronger point and a much stronger argument for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you will have, I mean, most of the people that are listening to Major Spoilers podcast right now, and maybe not most, but a lot of the people are people who aren't just picking up a comic for the first time now. Right. So all of those people are getting a, like, are, are having some level of this feeling. Oh, well, what about all the Aquaman issues that I already own? What yeah. about all the Brightest Day issues that I bought? Well, what some about of the people all are right now stuff? going, well, what's going to happen? They got they just brought Swamp Thing and John Constantine back into the uh, universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's exactly. going to happen to them? What's going to happen, happen to them? What's going to happen to Grant Morrison's Batman? And, and, and here's the answer to that. Some of it is going to be carried forward. Some of it is going to get thrown out. Just like if there had not actually been a reboot. Right. Because that's the way that comics, that big, ongoing superhero comics are written. You get a new writer in. They emphasize and de-emphasize other things. You do not need a reboot for that to happen. No. Um, I would, as somebody who doesn't regularly read DC Comics, 
this to me seems like a good thing, but that's only because, you know, when I was seeing about uh, Infinite Crisis and Final Crisis and all that stuff, it seemed to me to muddy things a little bit more rather Mm -hmm. than simplify them. Mm Mm-hmm. I get the sense that this is going to be another pull for simplification. It will allow me to, for really for the first time in my life, see who's writing these titles, right. cross-check it with titles that I've liked in the past, and mm-hmm. say, oh, well, they're giving this to this person. I'm going to go see what, what this is about. Right. Um, whereas I, I before I had a strict policy of, you know, if it uh, if it undoes something that previously happened, I'm not even interested. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think that especially because they've given themselves a really a really good circular argument of why are you going back to the number ones because we're launching him on the internet. It's like why are you going to day and date release because we're starting with brand new number ones. Right, right, right. Um, that 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 actually gives them a much stronger position, and at least from a business standpoint, I can get behind it. It seems Matthew. It seems that people right now. After this huge announcement, and this was a huge announcement the day after, and I knew something was coming when it's a day after the holiday and people are not pushing news stories at 7 a.m. When I when I sit down to start working, I know that something is big coming up. And the fact that Warner Brothers announced the Hobbit stuff over the holiday weekend, this doesn't really come as a huge surprise because we've kind of been hearing about it for a couple of weeks. But generally the comments and there are a huge number of comments over at Majorspoilers.com generally seem to be pretty negative to this announcement. Why? And well, the simplest answer? Yeah. The first stage of grief is denial, followed quickly by anger. Change is bad. Change is inherently bad. We are human creatures and we hate change. People look at this as some sort of slap in the face to what they love. This is, oh, well, I've wasted five years reading these awesome stories about Hal Jordan. I've wasted 20 years of my life watching Aquaman repeatedly get a hand chopped off. And, you know, the the tendency to look at this and go, well, we're going to start it all new for new people who can jump on new is like saying to you, well, yeah, you've been reading it for five years, but what the hell good are you? Which... You can certainly understand why a person would think that way. I will tell you, when I logged on to Ranger Spoilers this morning on my smartphone and I looked and I said, DC relaunches entire superhero line. And the first thing that came to my head, the first words out of my mouth were, this is a really good idea. Here's what uh, here's what Dan Didio or Dan Didio says. We looked at what was going on Dan in the marketplace Dan and we felt... We we really want to inject new life into our characters in line, said Dan DiDio, co-publisher of DC with Jim Lee. This was a chance to start not at the beginning, but at a point where our characters are younger and the stories are being told for today's audiences. So we're there not are rebooting. A of things about this. We're not rebooting. He doesn't yeah, say anything about a reboot. Uh, yeah, no, wow. You know what I hear? All Star Comics. That's what it sounds like. Perhaps. But here's what, here's what works for it. In 1986, the Crisis on Infinite Earths basically undid, unzipped 39 years of continuity and repacked it. But right. they couldn't get everybody to commit. Sure, we had a Superman number one, but the original Superman comic still stuck around. 
sure, we had a relaunch for Hawkman, but then they kind of changed their mind, and then they tap-danced around it, and it turned into a big schmageggy. Well, well, this and, and is unilateral. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't, yeah. like, post-crisis, they were like, hey, uh, Frank Miller, why don't you do Batman? And then he wrote something that had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Yep. Yeah, but the problem was, and after Crisis, this, Detective Comics was still up to issue 400. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a unilateral restart. All of the affected comics are getting restarted with number one. And from what I understand, all of their core DC titles, and again, I don't know for sure, but it seems like these are going to be the new DC core superhero titles. They're all restarting with a central theme. They're all restarting at the same time. They're all restarting with the day and date releases. This is mm-hmm. a big new start for basically everything. In now, fact, in what's fact, good Matthew, about this that they've never be, been able to do before. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, in fact, DC is saying that this is a historic day for the company. Mm-hmm. This announcement is a historic yep. day, and August thirty first will be a historic historic point for DC Comics as they renumber their entire line. Mm-hmm. So, what's the good I thing? Agree. And the thing that they are doing right is that they are starting fresh with everything. Yes, I can see where you'd be upset if you've been reading 60 issues of Justice Society of America and now it's going to end. But you know what? You still have those books. You can still read those books and them being, you know, no longer in continuity while it is troublesome. And I am the poster boy for this kind of cognitive dissonance doesn't mean that they're not still good stories. This is going to be, well, Gail Simone said something today on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Twitter that I like to think is <laughs> is probably the best way for me to address this. What she, she said. She said something to the effect of, a long time ago, there was the golden age of comics, and it was great. And then there was the silver age of comics, and it was great too. And she has now declared that this is the bacon age of comics. <laughs> but the bacon part is not the clever part. The clever part is this is this has the potential if we are willing to embrace it and DC is really willing to sell it to go with it. This has the potential to be 1954 showcase number 4 all over again. You know, this has the potential to be something great. But do you think DC may embrace it? Mhm. Do you think the fans are going to embrace it, Rodrigo? I mean, we see a lot of hate. Oh, this is already a terrible idea, says one person. And here's another person saying, I will reserve judgment until, and this is the good thing, I will reserve judgment until after I see it, but I don't like the news so far. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. I think that there is going to be a lot of controversy, but I I can, I can really see it paying off for them. Um, because a lot of the people right now that are saying, what, what? How dare you? I, I I have a friend. Yes. Who? Hi, Rob. Not Rob. It's not Rob. Um, <laughs> Rob's not actually my friend. Um, Sorry, Rob. I I only I now really only a good time to go take calls. I I only have room for like two or three friends, and I usually prefer for them to be girls. Um, yes, I did just say that. Yeah, the girls prefer um, they're not. Yep. Um. Was, oh yeah, I have a friend who. Every four to six months gives me, you know, we, we talk on the phone every once in a while, but every once in a while he calls me and he's like, oh, oh I can't believe what they're doing with Infinite Crisis. Right. I am never, 
ever, ever reading a DC book again. And then, of course, a few months later, it's like, ah, I can't believe what they're doing with Blackest Night. I am never, ever, (laughs) ever, ever reading a DC book again. A lot of these people, a lot of these people who are throwing hate at this are still going to go out and buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and And although usually my response to that is a very respectful you idiot stop doing that right right um in this case i would actually encourage people to do it i will say give dc a shot give of them their 12 bra- issues give them a shot with their brave new world this for some reason you know ultimate or uh like ultimate spider-man infinite crisis all that stuff to me seemed a lot more like a scam than this for some reason the fact that they are like yeah. so diving in face first committed to it mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. seems like good faith for the first time from the big two now i have to pick up flashpoint that's the only thing because yeah. this is this is going to lead to something yeah you know I, i'm curious uh, i mean there's there's back. so many things that are blowing my mind about this right you know so many things from this is a huge business decision this is a, a money situation number one number two it's a Again, copyright situation, especially if you're changing, especially if you're changing costumes mm-hmm. and looks of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the whole thing with the Siegel and Schuster event is up until DC rebooted Superman, all that incarnation, the Silver Age Superman, the Golden Age Superman, a lot of that stuff could revert back to the Siegels and Schusters if DC loses this lawsuit, they could lose a hundred percent of the golden age, essentially an mm. early silver age of Superman. If they lose the lawsuit, when they rebooted the burn era, Superman, that's a hundred percent theirs, even though the name Superman and the lowest lane characters and a lot of those, they've tweaked that enough. There was a case involving, um, who was it? Neil Gaiman and, um, uh, pa Who's the guy over at image comics? Rob Jim Liefeld, Lee. Jim, no, 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 not Jim Lee. Rob Lee. I forget one of those guys. Will Sportaccio. One of those guys where they said that there was enough differences made to the Spawn character mm-hmm. that the medieval Spawn was a totally different character that Gaiman had created, and thus he owned that character. Hmm. So if DC Todd is cons- Todd, Todd McFarlane, that's right. So if there is enough concern Todd about McFarlane. characters, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that came out. It, <laughs> Todd is a fine person, I'm sure. Uh, please don't sue me. Um, <laughs> if there is enough concern over copyright, this might be a way to let's make sure we've scrubbed our streets mm-hmm, clean. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that we are, you know, I, that's one thing that's very interesting. The thing that blows my mind is, man, Grant Morrison has been all over Batman mm-hmm. for the last five years, basically since major spoilers has started. And for better or worse, he's done a lot to change Batman mm-hmm. right in the middle of Batman Inc. Is that going away? Is that going to be renumbered? Is it going to be could, rebooted? Is it going to still be in the same continuity? What's going yes. on with the storyline? Could be. I mean, it's it is going to get renumbered. Well, hopefully, we'll see. You know, maybe may canceled. And it you know, that's that's the thing is that on a case by case basis, they can look at it and say, should what's going on in the comics be the new status quo? Wonder Woman. Let Let's just you know randomly. Wonder Woman. Yes. Superman. No. Right. Batman. Yes. You know. From here on out, Wayne Industries forever, you know, like for as long as this new Brave New Universe lasts, Wayne Industries is for is funding a Batman in every country. 
Yeah, I mean, they you could know, do and that. That's, and that's a new they, story. They, they could do that. I mean, they could seriously do that. They could keep a lot of the storylines. They could totally get rid of a lot of stuff. What's going on in Flashpoint? For those of you who haven't read Flashpoint number one, Barry Allen falls asleep and wakes up, and things seem a little odd. Things seem a little different. Heroes are not who he expects. Villains are not who he expects. He runs all the way to uh, Wayne Manor and goes downstairs, and he's like, Hello, hello, Bruce. Are you there, Bruce? And Batman comes out of nowhere and grabs him and says, Who are you? What are you doing here? And he's like, uh, Who are you? And he's like, Bruce, wait. He goes, My name's not Bruce. Bruce was my son, and he died. And Barry Allen's like, Oh, my God. You're Thomas Wayne. Hmm. You're Batman. Is that going to stick around after stupid. this? No, well, maybe, it's not. maybe not. Here's here's what I want to see. Do you know what I want to see? I, I'm just this is. I want to blowing. see. It really is, and I want to see things that we've never seen before. I do too. I want to see. I want to see Grant Morrison on Superman. I want to see somebody you know on on Green Lantern who draws like nothing you've ever seen before. I want to see Hawkman sell Mike Mignola's Green Lantern. Oh, that would be awesome! Wouldn't it though? If you're going to commit to something like this, here's my complaint: When Wonder Woman soft rebooted last year under. Joe Markle right it was confusing because the rest of the universe didn't accept it mm-hmm. when you do a soft reboot when you half step it when you come up with the ultimate universe and then you realize there's only so many different ways you can make this different before you have to drown everybody and start fresh you get problems I, the way I, they're know, doing this this I, this has the potential to go somewhere good because it is unilateral. Yes, I'm going to be depressed about certain books going away. I want to know what's happening with my secret six. I want to know what's happened to Wally West. I want to know if, you know, some of my favorite characters are disappearing. I want to know what's up with the Legion. Yeah, now here's the thing. You know, but we're we're we are I'm recording the show. A moment and say, Woo. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. We are recording the show Tuesday, the day that this information was released. You're listening to the show on Saturday. DC has promised that throughout the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they were going to release more information mm-hmm. about this. So by the time you're listening to this, some of our you know, concerns, ideas, predictions, or whatever could already be blown out the window. And that's fine. That's the nature of us recording show ahead of time. But really, I only want Rodrigo in my house once a week. Yeah, makes so, sense. Um, and Rodrigo only wants to be in my house once a week. Also true. Although when I told my wife that Rodrigo was yeah. coming over, she's like, tonight's podcast night? I'm like, yeah, we had a holiday yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, she likes you here. Uh, Mine says the exact obviously, same thing. Obviously the boy. She's like, I have here. to be out of the living room all night. <laughs> but here's the thing. Rodrigo doesn't know. want to come to your house because it smells funny. And the same is true in the inverse. I give him free mm. cheese. Um, which was which is probably the reason <laughs> it smells. Right, your house <laughs> smells funny. Um, we don't know anything about any of the titles, the creators, any of that stuff. We don't know anything that's affected. And to be honest, maybe we won't find out by the time you guys hear this show, and that's fine. But, but one thing we is are true: interested. when anything happens, you can go to majorspoilers dot com and find out. And you know what? This could be all awesome, and I'm I'm willing to go along with it because, mm-hmm. as many people have noted. Steven, you don't review too many superhero books anymore. Well, you know what? I pretty much drifted away from superhero books. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've picked up Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, I still will occasionally read Batman, and I still buy it or whatever, but I'm not reading it. You know, it's just like I'll buy the Batman, and I look at the cover, and I'm like, I'm just not – I'm sorry. I'm just going to set it aside, and maybe at some point in the future when I get interested, I'll sit down and read 
12 issues at a time. But like Matthew, maybe it's it's time for the for these heroes to get a kick in the pants. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens. Or get pants. Or get pants. Robin, mm-hmm. we're looking at you. And I think that, honestly, the thing that we're not talking about, the elephant in the room is this is a spectacularly, almost desperately, out-of-the-box maneuver. And this is what we've been asking for for five years here at Major Spoilers. Give Mm -hmm. us something new. Stop revamping something and giving us, you know, don't give me another Frank Miller Batman. Don't give me another Gil Kane Green Lantern. Give me something new. And we've been half-stepping around it, and we've been, you know, uh, here's the ultimate universe that doesn't really quite count. Here's (laughs) All-Star Superman that doesn't really quite count. You know, here's Justice League Triple X cartoon that you only have to count two minutes because, you know, then it's done. But (laughs) this is... This is a, a, I mean, this is a full-fledged attempt on the company's part. And what this says to me is we are willing to take, we're really willing to take this kind of risk to bring in new people. And the reason why they're willing to take this kind of risk to bring in new people is because maybe there's no other way to continue a DC universe. I'm not saying this is the only option there is, but they got to do something. Sales have been dropping for the last, what, 15 years constantly? DC overtook Marvel for a few months and then slipped back down. This is really something, this is something radical. This is something, you know, out of the box. And this is something that if we give it a chance, if we give it a chance, what's the very worst that will happen? The very worst that will happen is 12 months from now, we'll revert back to the original continuity. It'll hopefully put a stake in in the heart of this renumbering bullcrap. So even as we are recording this, new news is coming out. This is from USA Today, a brand new story that's been uh, uh, posted, pulling a couple of quotes out of here. In addition, three quarters of the creative teams will be shuffled around. Series that are successful and writer-artist combinations that work well together won't be tweaked too much, says Dan DiDio. We've got a new set of creators coming in with new voices in the DC Universe. Uh, The characters are also getting a makeover. While most of the specifics are still top secret... Uh, Jim Lee says he's worked with both staff and freelance artists to redesign costumes in a contemporary way, as well as alter the physic, alter the physicality of many heroes and villains uh, to modernize the DC universe. The recent emphasis on diverse characters such as lesbian superhero Batwoman, Hispanic hero Blue Beetle, and African American adventurer Cyborg, who will be a core member of the Johns and Lee New Justice League, will also continue. Nice. Well, that's good, at least. Um, cyborg in the Justice League, cyborg in the Justice League. Yeah, there's, I mean, just there's going to be so much stuff coming out that I'm afraid a lot of this will be uh, gone by the time we're Flashpoint Legion lost, Flashpoint OMAC number one. There's just a lot, so keep checking the sites. Flashpoint uh, Jim, Adventure Comics. Jim Lee says, I'm not going to screw, I'm not going to, he said this in a tweet. Justice League was my favorite book as a DC Comics fan fave era was the hundred pages for 60 cents with Dick Dillon. I won't fuck this up, he says. Nice. Okay. He said that in his Twitter feed. Thanks. Jim Lee. Actually, he said, I won't random character string this. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Um, Like Beetle Bailey. Let's see. Here's what we have so far. Flashpoint. um, Flashpoint. Jeff Johns and Jim Lee with Justice League number one. Flashpoint Edge. Flashpoint Dead Man to Star in Adventure Comics number one. 
it's uh, it's a lot. It's it's fascinating. It's it's interesting. And and you know, how about give us something new? You know, give us something new. Let us check it out. Something new, like how about the uh, season ending of uh, of this year's Doctor Who? Why don't we bring back mm-hmm. multiple doctors? <laughs> Why don't we bring back multiple Why doctors? That's that's something new, right? We haven't done that in six years. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that in a very long time. Last time, time was uh, doesn't count. Tennant and uh, and time Davison, right? So what's this other rumor? Yeah. Um, what's this other rumor that you have? Well, if you if you were to look at the IMDb this afternoon, and someone brought this to my attention today, the last episode of this season, season six or season thirty-two, depending on how you look at it, of Doctor Who, with Matt Smith, the new floppy-haired Doctor, issue thirteen, episode thirteen, I guess I should say, is listed with the cast list, and it says blah blah blah. You know, Karen Gillan is Amy Pond, and Matt Smith is the Doctor, and Arthur Darville is Rory, and David Tennant is the Doctor, and Alex Kingston is River, and Peter Davison is the Doctor. This this episode thirteen doesn't have a title yet, according to the IMBD, is listed the cast list. Three separate doctors. And I've read some uh, bitsy, bitsy stuff online claiming that this is the episode that tells us what's the deal with River Song, what her real identity, existence, bloody blue is all about. Now, we've seen Peter Davison as recently as 2007. He can still wear the suit. He's only 60. He was really young when he became the doctor. And I know David Tennant mm-hmm. has always said... David Tennant actually tweeted a couple of weeks ago or something to the effect of he'd be uh, happy to be part of the 14 doctors in 2020. Nice. Mm, but okay. if this, if this is for real, it seems to imply that the last episode of this season features three different incarnations of the doctor, including my very, very favorite incarnation, my third favorite incarnation and the incumbent who's quickly pushing top five for me. I hated his hair at first, but I'll be damned if he doesn't pull it off. I'm excited. I like seeing the mashups with the different doctors, especially if the stories can be told that are interesting, uh, that make sense, that fit, that don't just seem like a, a a hacky way of, you know, drawing, you know, kind of almost like what we're talking about with DC, Mm -hmm. not a hacky way of just grabbing on some, some people. Uh, Now, granted, um, the Davison era fans, would be a way to bring them into this new series if they're not on board with Matt Smith. Uh, Tenet bringing him on board would be a great way to bridge uh, some of the people that maybe fell away uh, during Matt Smith's uh, yeah. debut. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to be quite honest, I love it. I love these kinds of stories. Uh, I think it can be told yeah. and can be told well, providing they're not going the hacky way of, let's just do it because it's going to bring in ratings. <laughs> not that the BBC, well, I don't think, I'm is based sure on ratings. No, that, that has but, a factor. But, like we mentioned before with, with uh, movie theaters and all this other stuff, they do get merchandising. Yeah. You know, Steven has these uh, Doctor <laughs> Who action figures here that I've been <laughs> putting in, in lewd positions for the past. <laughs> Uh, two hours. Yeah. You know, if you um, wanted to get me something for Christmas, you could just send me your six doctor action figure. I you know, the only thing doctors. that I think this is missing. Yes. Really, I listen to this, and the only thing that I think is missing is Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, and Christopher Eccleston. If you're going to do it, do it big. Bring them all back. They're still alive. Hell, Tom Baker is 77. He's still out there. Wouldn't it yep. be great to see Colin Baker? 
67 years old, 300 pounds, ball, spearballed in the middle, putting on that ugly coat one more time and just raging, raging at how terribly the time differential has screwed him over. You know, that one shot thing about how that it, we've shorted out the time differential. It makes us all right. look older. Can't you see him running around in that coat just screaming at the top of his lungs how ridiculous this is? Yes. I think that would be wonderful. Yes. I'd like to I, see, honestly, I'd like to see the Paul McGann character. Maybe somebody tell us what the hell happened to him and when he died and how he regenerated. I mean, go for broke. Matthew, uh, not to. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm excited about this. If this is true, that's great. Let's jump back over to DC really quick. Included okay. in the new 52 in the in the 52 new series will be you asked for it. Grant Morrison writing Superman. Birds of Prey number yeah! one. Okay. Woo-hoo! Something that may change your mind. Birds of Prey number one, not being written by Gail Simone. Teen Titans number one, a new start for the team, written by Red Robin scribe Fabian Nicieza. Justice Society like of America number one. Uh, only one of a number of current titles that will welcome a creative team shift. Uh, let's see, Mark Guggenheim. So it's not be written the by Guggenheim? It is written by, it's the only well, one that's, one God. of the few that's not being shifted. Wonder Woman, number one. J. Michael okay. Straczynski to stick around. Uh, Green Lantern, number one. Oh, it's like the draft. Yeah, Green Lantern remains in, in Jeff Johns' hands, although it's been announced that Jeff Johns will not be writing Flash after Flashpoint. Hawkman, number one, by James Robinson. Um, Ooh. Da, da, da. Oh wow! And be, I... and to be drawn by artist Philip Tan, Aquaman number one, uh, will be written by Jeff Johns that's and Ivan Jones. Rice. That's that's one we've already known about before. So yeah, they've been announcing early. that for a while. Uh, you gotta you gotta say you, you you gotta think though. It's it's pretty. Again, I I just become more and more solid on this on on account of the sheer amount of balls that is going into this. Because if you're gonna launch oh, a brand yeah. new series and part and like. Your starting lineup includes Hawkman, Aquaman, and Birds of Prey. Yeah. You know, three titles that, you know, have had so many, like, at random intervals of the DC universe were basically unwritable. Yep. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's that's brave. Yep. And bold. But this is and the, bold. I mean, and it might even be the brave the... and the bold. <laughs> wow. Although no one knows if there's going to be a new brave Ooh. and the bold number one that comes out. Maybe they'll resurrect Jim Aparo and give him a Black Lantern ring and tell him draw. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so awesome. so good, so good awesome. stuff. I mean, it's all good awesome. stuff. And again, this stuff is going to continue to spill out and spill yeah. out and spill out. And a lot of it's rumor and speculation. And some of it's known facts. Some of it's reporting. You can hear me. If you can hear me right now, I want to entreat to you, faithful spoilerites. I can't tell you what to do. I don't give advice because that implies that I'm smarter than you, and that's really, really obnoxious, even if it might be true. But I am not going to give you advice, but I'm going to tell you how I'm going to look at this. And I'm going to entreat you to at least consider that this is not a violation of your childhood. That My child's been be raped. Better. This might. This has the potential to be something better because rather than, oh, we had to soft reboot Hawkman again. And, oh, well, we've decided to do this with Wonder Woman because we've decided she's unwritable. We are all starting together. And as long as they don't try and do that obnoxious thing where everybody has a common origin, you know, I think that this bah, 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 bah. No backtracking, Matthew. You have to be... this. You have to give the common origin okay. a shot if they're going to go with it. All right. 
I agree to go with the common origin if that's what they do, because it's a fresh start. It is 1954, and we're looking at this cat in the red costume, and we want to know where the hell is Jay Garrick, and why doesn't this Flash character have a hubcap on his head? Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to commit to, because quite frankly, much like 1975 buying flare pants, it's going to be the only things in the stores. How long are they going to commit to it, do you think? Well, as long as it's I'll viable. guarantee 15 months. 15? Okay. All right. Good 15. enough for me. Because 15, 15 is the point where most comics tend to just kind of go these days. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So enough about that. I promise I won't talk about it. I'm still going through all the sites and, and looking through things as we discuss. And maybe I'll, if I find something Doctor. good, but it looks like most of the sites huh? have taken care of it. Yes. Let's talk looking about forward how to awesome Doctor Peter Who. Davison is. Yes, he is very awesome. No, what I want to talk about, though, is people are afraid <laughs> to get in the water. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They, Especially the murky uh, water. We had this thing on the side where what's this new shark trap or something? Shark moment. Shark spooge. <laughs> gross. Because <laughs> okay. quite frankly, okay, yeah. gross. Because quite frankly, that's kind of how this, this looks like. <laughs> shark night. Three D. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Nemo. It's it's me, the Shark Knight. I'm uh, just calling to see what's going on. Today I ate a moray. Uh, it was good. Anyway, <laughs> Shark Knight Rodrigo. Yeah. Um. Somebody somebody uh, tweeted a, a validation uh, to me because they were like, "You know what? Your family's right. That is a stupid kraken." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it got me thinking. You know, the the whole story with the with the kraken and Clash of the Titans and in, in the right. original Clash of the Titans. You know, it's like. The Kraken is a Norse monster, but it ended mm-hmm. up in Clash of the Titans because they thought it sounded cool. Basically, there is a there is like a, a critter called Sito or Situs that is actually supposed to be right. in that story, right? But they threw the Kraken in, and I'll, you know, the Kraken appears or a Kraken or Krakens right. appear in lots of things, right? So what's what's the big uh, draw of this like giant sea monster? Um. Well, because we, it's it's the unknown, mm-hmm. right? What we don't see scares the crap out of us, right? Right. So if we see a big wave, if we see a log floating off in the distance and it looks like something spooky, then we're going to invent these kinds of stories. And there have been a lot of sea monsters over time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, sailors who ventured out into more than, you know, a mile away from shore probably ran into in the day some pretty scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are today even seeing washing up on shores these sixty-foot uh, uh, octopus right. uh, squid that wash up that that come squid. from the depths below. Right? We before people w- ventured away from shore, a whale probably seemed like a terrifying mm-hmm. creature. And in Herman Melville's, or not Herman Melville, um, who wrote uh, Moby Dick? Herman, uh, Melville. Herman Melville. It, it it's Herman a terrifying Melville. monster, right? <laughs> yep. Um, Truman Capote. Truman Capote. Um, so you know this idea of you the hear sea about monster the in Atlantis. <laughs> this idea of the sea monster is a really good one because it plays upon our fears mm. of this unknown. We've talked before about fears of zombies, fears of of vampires, but the fear of a sea monster 
mm-hmm. is that something big that is going to come up and swallow us just like Jonah did, and it keeps us close to shore. Jonah swallowed us? Yes. <laughs> um, what's really fascinating, though, are all the different takes of sea creature monsters mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, Kraken, yes, obviously. The creature from 20,000 leagues. Uh, it's a nautical term, meaning depth. Oh. Rodrigo. Um, and then the, uh, what Actually, was it, the beast a, that... it's a length. The, uh, the beast that came back... The beast that came back from 20,000... What was the sequel to the beast from 20,000 leagues? Do you remember that one, Matthew? Off the top of your head? I don't. Um, there was... Um, um, the uh, abyss. The, the the abyss. We've got. Uh, I'm thinking of yeah. the uh, fish man. The was, creature uh, from, the black, creature from the black lagoon uh, is another one that is, is kind of creepy. Charger uh, Binks <laughs> is, is aquatic sea monster. Uh, you uh, have Godzilla the Loch Ness monster that we have. Godzilla comes from under the ocean. A lot of creatures come from under the ocean. Um, uh, you know, we've got Sigmund and the sea monsters mm-hmm. come from the ocean. Yep. I mean, that's terrifying. Yep, the sea devils from Doctor Who. S- Sid Mar- Marty Croft. Matthew, what is it about sea yeah. monsters that, that terrifies us and at the same time we love to tell stories about them or incorporate them into our modern myth? Sea monsters, unlike nearly anything with the possible exception of certain arachnids, have an alienness because of the alienness of their surroundings that is so creepy to us. I mean, if you look at just a simple octopus... Ain't really much scary about an octopus until you really start looking at the long, squishy tentacles with the things and them. They it just turns into it's like Cthulhu, and then you start freaking out and you have to roll for insanity. I mean, look at something like a pilot fish. You ever see a pilot fish? Oh yeah. You get into really deep depths and they have the little thing hanging out. Um, oh, yeah. When I was a kid. MTV. Do you remember the MTV commercials with uh, the pilot fish? You're down under the ocean, and this huge, disgusting creature just comes flying out of nowhere. Actually, I don't know if yeah. they're called pilot fish now. You mean anglers? But, or, and I don't know what it is. The ones who have the thing that hangs down from their head. Yeah, that's ang- those are angler anyway, fish. With the huge jaws and the creepy, creepy faces. I mean, mm-hmm. it's something yeah. completely alien. Even like a ray, a manta ray. Have you ever looked at the face of a manta ray? Ah. Yeah. Ah. Oh my god, it's slimy. It's ah. It's like ah. I, I can't even <laughs> tell you how horrifying and nightmarish. It's 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 like a peanut butter sandwich had sex with a dinosaur and now it's coming to eat me. <laughs> Just Oh my god. Even the simplest creatures have you ever like i used to go fishing with my grandfather and we would pull out like bluegills and catfish kansas catfish have big gills in their neck oh yeah they look and when they open those gills you can see the blood red viscera inside that they breathe through and it's just like oh my god it's disgusting and yet we eat these things for lunch Mm -mm -mm. i had one I had one the other day. I had me a cod sandwich, man, and knock your dick in the dirt. But thinking about the animal itself, have you ever have you ever gone somewhere where they serve catfish fried with the head still on? Uh, no. It's bad they enough looking at some fish at with their the, head still on. Exactly. They used to do that at the uh, 
the buffet over in Wakini, you could get a hat fish with the head still on. Nice. And <laughs> well, all you know, of these whenever... creatures are designed to exist under the water in this weird situation. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh... yeah. And I mean, cuttlefish. The... Cuttlefish the, the... are so disgusting. <laughs> the thing, the thing about the uh, the ocean floor and, and and like the ocean in general is that we keep finding monsters oh, yeah. down yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. You know, it's like well. You know, we've explored every other inch of, of, of the planet with the possible exception of the Amazon rainforest. And I'm sure there's some awesome monsters down there that we still have to find. Right. But um, just the fact that it's like every once in a while, some like forget even going down there and finding them every once in a while, something that has never, ever washed up on shore ever before. Mm-hmm. Or been documented washes up on shore. Yeah. It's like this is a brand new species of thing that we've never that we never even seen before. Right. We've been down there, we've been down in the places where these things probably live, and we have never seen them. You know why? Because they're creep we're we're like in our little submarine going by and creepily they're just coming <laughs> yeah, they're coming, just coming like around behind us, behind us and yeah. they just like swim past them. Yep. If there was a camera yep. in front yep. filming this, uh, if, there, if there was a, a whole crew, you would hear like the when they're like swimming past, you know? Well, the other thing too is you got to realize that the ocean is so much bigger than any land mass that we have. So yes, there are areas that we haven't explored and who knows what kind of freaky stuff is down there. Have you guys ever heard of globsters? Globsters? <laughs> That's a Long John Silver's right now, right? Fifty something. No, globsters basically is a is a slang term that's come together of things that wash up on shore that we don't know what they are. The globster term comes from like the fifties, where it's something, something just rolled up on shore in like Tasmania or New Zealand or some such. They have no idea. No idea what it is. Could be a whale. Could be a squid. Could be a meat cake. We don't know what these horrifying things are. But I'll tell you this. If you look at them, you'll never go swimming again. Mm -hmm. The, The thing that really fascinates me is, do you realize that before giant squid were ever discovered, the only reason anybody ever thought there were giant squid were the fact that they found sucker marks on the side of blue whales. Nice. How cool. terrifying. How terrifying would that be if you were like a, a, a molecular marine biologist and you're like, oh, here's a dead, so dead whale, biggest thing in the universe, dead whale. And Oh my God! It's covered with teeth marks. Something <laughs> ate the whale. Holy shit! Can you imagine well, that moment? Sorry. Well, go online. They Steven have said you know, earlier. I know. Well, that's because I was quoting somebody. <laughs> um, you know, they have. You can oh. go online. I think on YouTube. Go and look for uh, people. Ask you know who would win in a fight: shark versus octopus. Go online. You will see shark versus octopus. Yeah. Not some fake BS, but actual marine battles between yep. behemoth monsters. Um, do you guys, Ooh. you guys know about the bloop? What is the bloop? What's the bloop, bloop. The bloop is a sound that was recorded by scientists at some point, and it matches. It's an extremely low frequency sound. 
um, and it matches the waves of something that would that would have been generated by an organic creature, by a whale or something like that. Except it's so low and so powerful that the only thing that could have made it was something that has to be much, much, much bigger than the biggest blue whale ever documented. Um. Oh, wow. And that's where you come up with this idea of the Leviathan, mm-hmm. right? In a number of different ways, yeah, Kraken yeah. is kind of like the Leviathan. Sure. And um, there is speculation that, and maybe some casual scientific reports, that they have tracked something that is mm-hmm. supermassive large that might tie into the boop. I'd have to go right. back and, and look. But that's something that could be that Leviathan from the biblical prophecy and, and uh, or bi- biblical tales, not prophecy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Atlantis, That's- all of that good stuff. So, uh, do you have a favorite sea monster, Rodrigo? Um, is the Kraken <laughs> your favorite sea monster? Uh, the Harryhausen Kraken <laughs> might be. Why? What's wrong with the other, the other uh, Kraken? He's uh, the, uh, yeah, he is. In fact, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something in Spanish. The it's it's not the same as English. Like in English, people just throw the word stupid around. In Spanish, it's Wait, a much bigger you mean insult. It's different? It is different. Spanish is not the same. That's right. You can't Man. just plug it into oh. a Google Translator. You guys and, uh, have a different word for everything. We we do. <laughs> Dude, it's an El Camino. <laughs> That's Spanish for the Camino. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Icon uh, Queso. But I will tell you, my mom does not use the word as stupid lightly. Oh, really? Okay. So that Kraken really, really must have annoyed her. It pretty bad. Um, See, for me... I'll go ahead. No, no, I was just going to keep going on about the Harryhausen Kraken. So you'd so Harryhausen Kraken no, is we your, want favorite. To hear Probably. your favorite. Do you have a least favorite sea monster in media? Uh, do I have a f- least favorite sea monster... I, I honestly, you know, I really didn't like, and and it's 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 because of that retcon. I didn't like actually the kraken. Was it the kraken in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh yeah, because you know, at first he's like he's this thing that follows Davy Jones around, and that's right. cool. But then it turns out that getting eaten by the kraken teleports you to Davy this weird alternate dimension called Davy Jones Locker, not to be confused with Davy Jones Locker that we saw right earlier in the movie in, in, in the movie right you know it's like you, did anybody think to write these two movies together and if they did which they clearly did shame on them for not actually doing it properly right you can't blame the writer's strike for everything you know yeah, that's true um but sure you can yeah it, the uh, you can um wolverine origins <laughs> i'm looking at you um but in the like in the end that just kind of made that although that critter was cool in the end it made it less interesting okay what about you matthew do you have a favorite and a least favorite sea monster well i used to read dave barry so my least favorite is probably the oregon highway patrol's exploding whale you ever heard of this no oh yes well dead go ahead, whale a dead whale uh, yeah a i know this one i know this one ashore. This is the year we were born, Steve. Dead whale basically comes ashore, and the Oregon Highway Patrol is like, hmm, well, obviously, the only way to take care of this is to shove half a ton of dynamite up its butt to dispose of the corpse. 
And apparently people were hit with gobbets of whale guts <laughs> up to 250 meters away. And they claimed for years that this was an urban legend, and Dave Barry supposedly dug up the footage of them blowing up this whale. There is. I've seen this footage. And created the exploding animal incident. Yeah, no, this is. I I've seen the footage hysterical. of them blowing up a, a whale. It's, mm-hmm. It is quite funny. Now, there's also... You can also find footage of whales just blowing up by themselves because oh, yeah, they're, because they're, because they're left over there and they're, yeah, yeah. they start to generate all these gases yeah, inside yeah. and eventually they blow up because their bodies are not meant to be outside of the water. Matthew, was that your favorite or least favorite sea monster? That was my least favorite. Okay, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> yeah. I used to love plesiosaurs when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when the plesiosaurs would sort of show up in the books, you'd be like, why is there a sea monster in with my legitimate dinosaurs? Yeah. But I think that, for me, it's got to be the Loch Ness Monster for two reasons. One, when you talk about sea monsters, you got to talk about Nessie. And also, when they when they were trying to prove or disprove her existence one way or the other... Supposedly, the gentleman who went in found pictures of a a fin. They had close-up pictures from their robot camera of a fin. And they gave the creature, based on that fin, a Latin name that essentially means rhomboid fin-shaped creature or some such. (laughs) But it can uh, the name that they gave that creature is a perfect anagram for monster hoax by Sir Whomever Did This. Nice. So either either he went in there and was like brilliantly trying to figure all this out or somebody has a lot of time on their hands. But the fact that that could have created, you know, by coincidence, Monster Hoax by Sir Peter S. is what it is because the name of the creature is like Archaeocteramsaframbasamadamba. I don't even remember. Uh, Nesotiris rhombocteris, the Ness monster with the diamond-shaped fin. And I nice. think that it's just... It's truly wonderful that Sir Peter Scott brought this to people's attention. Maybe it's fake, maybe it's not, but after 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, however long it's been, let's say 1,000 years it's been, you have to appreciate just the 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 fun, just the, the, the childlike sense of wonder in saying, maybe there is a giant sea monster somewhere in Scotland and... That's all there is to it, and let's just have fun with this. You know, I think that that kind of thing is brilliant. So for me, you know, Nesiteris Acuramdicris, I don't speak Latin, probably my favorite. I've never really given a lot of thought to sea monsters, except the fact that there are a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. I think um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, as a younger child, was certainly a creepy creature that made me look twice every time we went to the lake, right? Um, obviously, uh, something I already mentioned is a least favorite sea monster segment in the sea monsters. Mm-hmm. Terrible show, Matthew. I don't care what that HR was Billy Barty, and... my friend. <laughs> I don't care who that was, was doing Billy it. Barty in that suit. Was no, that, it was, was that classic television? Was that the guy who looks like a lot of spinach? Yes, <laughs> yes. And Billy Barty is the guy who played Noodles Macintosh in UHF. He was like oh, one nice. of the one of the uh, most regularly uh, employed little people in Hollywood for sixty five thousand years or something. I think he played Moses. 
<laughs> when he was little. <laughs> well, people did used to be shorter in those days. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, yeah, they, they did. They put him in a uh, basket in the rushes. You know what? Uh, at some point, we're going to have to get listeners in on this. One of the things that Matthew and I have been doing, we're trying to get Rodrigo on in this, is occasionally, randomly, mm-hmm. we will just pop online and do a live stream show. Uh, we've done it the last couple of weekends, so you might want to follow us on our Twitter feeds. Uh, I'm, of course, at Major Spoilers. Rodrigo is at Fearsome Critter. Matthew is at Mighty King Cobra. Uh, and you can look for those where we'll just say, hey, we're online now. You stream now. Follow us now. And uh, that gives you a chance to call in and talk to us. Now, or you know, now, if you want to comment. We will kill you. I think it'd be cool to do one this weekend if we if we have some time. I don't know what my schedule is yet. Uh, but, you know, if we have some time where we could sit down and get some of your feedback based on uh, the news that we've talked about today, your favorite sea monsters, uh, your thoughts on this Doctor Who uh, rumor about multiple doctors coming up, um, maybe we can just do something like that. Mm-hmm. If, if we don't do a live show, we certainly welcome you to write into us, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, or if you would like to call the hotline, I'm sure a lot of you will be calling the hotline between now and Tuesday with your thoughts on the new DC Universe news. Uh, you can call that hotline number, Matthew. That number is... 785-727-1939, but we might retcon it to 2011, depending on whether the Silver Age <laughs> sticks. All right, everybody. I think we've just about wrapped it up here. Uh, we're going to get out of here and uh, do some things. We have a lot of stuff going on. Is this the bloop? That's pretty creepy. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is. Yep. Sounds right. like an animal, but it an animal like, couldn't be that big, could it? It like somebody <laughs> breaking wind. <laughs> I was going to say, I had uh, I know. And some The only creatures and the only thing that breaks wind are animals. <laughs> if you know what the blue Steven is, please Steven had the El Santo again, and you can't go anywhere near his car. <laughs> oh, my God. The El Santo killed me last week. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to talk to you later. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do, too, and we will talk with you soon. Cord. If I had the X-ray vision of Superman, oh yeah, there we go, there we go. Let's see, Uh, let's do this. I'll push this button. Hi, spoilerites. This is B. A. Williamson, author of the forthcoming comic book Geekland Tales, coming soon. When I'm not writing, I am listening to Matthew, Stephen, and Rodrigo three times a week, posting on the site daily as Brenton eighty ninety, and I can safely say. I am a spoilerite. I have jumped on board and made my monthly donation. And you have to ask yourself, if an unemployed comic book writer can do it, what's stopping you? Spoilerites unite! Jump on board with the monthly donation and you too can be a spoilerite. Thank you. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel. I'm gonna rearrange your face if you continue to debate whether Logan's claws could pierce Steve Rogers' shield. I just couldn't care if they bring back Craven. And I don't care if Spider-Man's a clone. Stop spending all I can. Back issues of the flash, or I 
tried reading while jogging, cooking, or even juggling flaming torches? Yeah, doesn't end well. But with Audiobooks.com, you can conquer books without the circus act. Dive into over 450,000 titles, including more than 10,000 free ones. Get hooked on a bestseller, find your next obsession, or finally read that classic you've been avoiding since high school. And here's the inside scoop. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and snag your first three audiobooks on the house. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.